The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch for reviewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let brb homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Big News Coming Soon podcast and this week I'm delighted to be sitting in Kinvara, just outside Kinvara, in a beautiful house with the beautiful Mandy Maher. Thank you very much for joining me, Mandy. Alan, I'm delighted. I'm over the moon and very overwhelmed, to be honest with you. So thank you for the invite and delighted you're here in my home. Well, thanks for letting me in. It's a beautiful home, first of all. <laughs> well, you kept banging at the door in fairness, like, you know. <laughs> it's a beautiful home in a beautiful setting and you're overlooking the water here. We are. We're it's, blessed, to be it, honest with you. It's, it's lovely just to see water, isn't, isn't it? It's fantastic. It's very tranquil, Alan, because... To, for me, when you're so busy with life yeah. and to be able to look out at the view and it's, we are blessed, to be fair, it's fantastic, it's lovely. Do you take it in or is it just for granted now that the water's out there in the back garden? I actually do take it in, would Good. you believe that? Good, yeah. I hope you do, yeah. There's times I just sit outside out the back here, just a cup of tea in my hand and looking out and on the days you just want to just chill for the five or ten minutes that you get every now and again, but I do appreciate it for sure. Yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world. So Mandy, we're going to talk about just life in general. Oh God! <laughs> and, and have you got have you got a year to stay with me? So we'll try and get it into an hour if we can. <laughs> and uh, how it all started. So can I ask uh, the very rude question at the start and ask you what age are you? I am fifty two years old. Fifty two. Yeah. And you don't look a, you don't look a day over oh. fifty one. <laughs> now, if you want a cup of tea before you leave this house, you need to stay on my side. You look fantastic. You're the proud owner of Catwalk Model Agency. I am. And Platform by Mandy Maher. That's right. So Platform by Mandy Maher manages uh, content creators and influencers. 
That's correct, yeah. And Catwalk obviously model, uh, manages models. Yes, correct. So how many models would you have then on your books? We have up to 70 models on our books between male and female. Wow. Um, it's busy. And um, but like the one thing about the modeling, Alan, is that it's very um, like, for example, a model could get a job today, but then they may not get anything for two or three months because the work is so ad hoc, really. Yeah. So it's um, most of our models are either working or in college and they do the modeling on the side. We do have one or two that are modeling full time. And the likes of Kate Gagan, as you know, she's she's abroad working internationally as well as at home here in Ireland. But um, the, the bulk of the models on the books would either be working or in college. And do you deal with children and animals? Neither. Neither, yeah. <laughs> and I'm a mother. But um, <laughs> no, I never went there. All my models are over 16. And, and to be honest with you, the reason I never dealt with children, I've been asked and approached numerous times. But to be honest with you, I didn't want the responsibility of having kids on shoots or on shows because we could be anywhere working, Alan. Like, I could literally be in Cork today doing a show and then I, tomorrow I could be up in Donegal. Mm. So from a modelling point of view, models need to be at the age where they can travel and be responsible for themselves and that's why we only take from over 16. And then, and not being funny, I, I didn't really want to be dealing with parents either. Probably very difficult to tell them your son or daughter wasn't accepted. Absolutely. Or wasn't, yeah. And then sometimes, like me, we all as parents think our children are the absolute best and there's no one like them. Yeah. We're all guilty of it. But like, and that's no disrespect to anybody, but just, I just went, no, I just don't want the hassle of dealing with it. Now, that doesn't mean because they are 16 or particularly 16 to 18, sometimes every now and again, I would deal with a parent. Um, but And that's really initially starting out when we're just ready to sign somebody. But other than that, all the models have to be adult enough to deal with me myself. Let's go right back to the start then. And let's say just when you were finishing school, did you go to college? I did. What did you do in college? Well, <laughs> Did one year and told not to come back as well. I did, but anyway, literally. Um, I went to Dublin to um, a private college, actually, to LSB International. It was this uh, language, business and secretarial college. Notions. No, oh, complete notions. notions. Which really <laughs> <laughs> complete notions. I wouldn't say this sounds kind of a shitty, all right, doesn't it? I didn't mean it to be that way at all, actually. I'm only messing. I thought I wasn't good enough to get any other college or university, but anyway. Yeah. But I went to college and actually the college was right beside the Westbury Hotel in Dublin. So I was definitely the notions then altogether. In for Afternoon tea oh, every day. Afternoon teas every day. But anyway, but when I went to college, I did I did business studies in French, and I literally did one year. And my year head came to me and said to me, Mandy, she said, "You're wasting your time doing this course." And I just said, "You know, whatever. What are you? What am I going to do?" Because there was a second year involved in it, and she just says, "Whatever you go doing in life," she says, "You have to be out in the public and, and working with people," and she says working in an office or doing this type of work is not going to be for you. And so I was the only person, imagine as an editor, this is kind of a, and she was very honest with me and yeah. I actually, I actually, we got on really, really well. And I won't lie, even doing that one year in college stood to me, to be honest. But I remember like, I was so bad in college because I never stopped talking, but for anyways, but I used to sit in the front row in college and everyone else sat about three rows behind me. Yeah. It's kind of slightly embarrassing because no one was allowed to sit because I never stopped talking. But anyways, <laughs> you kind of gather that. Yeah. But yeah, but I, I, I loved it and it stood to me. There's no question on it for even what I did do in that year. It is interesting because my national school principal met my dad once. I was doing a carpentry apprenticeship for a few years when I was 16 and 17. And he pulled dad aside and he said he's wasting his time doing carpentry. He knew that wasn't for you. No, he just knew, yeah. yeah. He said that fella is going to be on radio or something. Or He just knew that I was going to be something public. Isn't it amazing though? Yeah. And they were so right. Yeah, it's brilliant. And the only time I've seen him since was he knocked at my door of my house one day 
looking for directions for a funeral out my way. Ah, and I answered the door and I said, geez, how are you, Michael? And he goes, how are you, Alan? And he goes, what are you doing now? And I was telling him the crack. And he said to me, I remember meeting your dad and telling 20 him. years ago, whatever it was, and telling him you're you're wasting your time doing the carpentry. But isn't it good that people will say that? Absolutely. Like that lady didn't, she, you know, a lot of people would just let you do the two years, take your money and say, good luck and fuck you kind of job. Absol- but absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I was lucky and like life was good because I came back home and I went working in a bowling centre actually in Limerick. And that's actually where I met Ger. And, Are um, you from down there? I'm actually from Tipperary originally, but I'm I'm living in Galway now over 33 years. So Gal- to be fair, Galway really is home. And that's not forgetting my roots either. I, yeah. I was born reared in Tip, but in saying that, I'm living in Galway so long now, it's very home. But um, I, I then ended up going back to college, actually, Alan, and I studied um, to be a gym instructor in UL in Limerick. And I loved it. I worked in the fitness industry for nearly 18 years, actually, after that. I was wow. a long time working in the fitness industry. Right. Yeah. And then how did the modelling come about or how did the modelling agency start? Oh, sure, of course, as you said yourself, I had notions and sure, I thought I was going to be the world's next top model. That's the truth. Yeah. When I was young and as a teenager and all I ever had an interest in was fashion. Right. And I, I signed with a Limerick agency, Celia Holman Lee, and I did work with her for a while. And then it ended up, Ger and I, when we had met in Limerick, we moved back to Galway because this is where Ger was from. So what age were you when you started modelling then? I was 16. When I started modeling, I was young. Do you remember your first gig? Yeah, I remember it was out in Abbey Field in Limerick in a, in a hotel and we were in a room that I was shoved in and out to go and do a couple of outfits on the night to try me out. And to be fair, I never looked back after that because to be fair, I got a good bit of work while I was there. But I was never like I was never tall enough to pursue it as a more full time career, to be honest with you. What height are you? Um, I'm five, five and a half. Too small. Okay. For for a runway point of view, for an international point of view, it was too small. So do you remember that first night? Do you remember the I feeling? so well. Were you, were you excited? Had you butterflies? Were you uh, nervous? Oh, absolutely so nervous, but buzzing at the same time. And the, the energy and, you know, when you do a gig and you come off stage, like how you feel when you come off and you're buzzing and you're hyped up. That's exactly the same feeling. Amazing. And were you intimidated by the other models? Of course I was. Yeah. Because you're looking at girls, you're nearly looking up at them because they're all around 5, 10, 5, 11. Here you see the small little midget in the middle of the mall. But you know what I was guessing is I held my own with them, if that makes sense. And yeah. and she, to be fair, she used to give me work because I, I, not being funny, I was actually very good on a runway. I was I was good at walking and I knew it was the, when I was do, good at walking, I knew I was going to get the work. But um, I ended up then moving to Galway. So When you say you were good at walking, is there models that just can't do it? Correct. They just cannot walk? No. And the best of, I've seen the most stunning looking models. And I'm talking about females at the moment, female models. Um, so many beautiful girls. And often at times, Alan, the, the taller the girl is, the more conscious sometimes she can be of her height. So therefore she doesn't wear heels. So the minute she puts on a pair of heels with me inside in the training studio, I know she, she can't walk in them. So I'm literally telling them to go home and go to bed with their shoes. So you spend a lot of time training girls. Oh yeah, how I personally train every single one of our model, my models on the books have been trained by myself. And how many hours would you put into a model then? Weeks and weeks. Weeks. Yeah. Just walking up and down in a straight line. Literally, we're in a studio like it, it's like, for all it's like a dance studio. I hire. I have a studio in Galway. And I actually have a studio in Dublin, and um, so they're walking up and down to mirrors so yeah. they can see exactly how their feet are working, how they're looking as they're walking. And because they, they need to perfect it. And is it one foot in front of the other? Or one can foot you talk in front of the other. Literally like a cat. 
So it's like if you had a straight line in a road and you're literally putting one foot in front of the other and it has to be like that. Yeah. But you need to have be a bit, little bit loose then around the hips that you're not too stiff. Right. I'll give you no lesson after I wouldn't this. mind, yeah. We'll put it up on Instagram. <laughs> and now lesson on how to walk. Yeah. I wouldn't have the height either though. <laughs> I'd need but the you heels. have everything else so you're grand. I do not. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's amazing. As I said to you, I've seen the most amazing, beautiful looking girls over the years and they just cannot master the walking. And if they can't, they won't make the runway. That's the reality of it. But they certainly can make it when it comes to photographic work, which is a different kettle of fish because height doesn't come into it at all. And or being over awkward in heels because generally speaking, it's all still shots anyway. So when you're 16, then you're working and you're doing a few gigs. What was the dream then? Did you think you'd make it a little bit bigger or did you know fairly? Were you were you kind of steady enough in your own head that you said, I don't think I'm going to make it? Or did you think that I'm, I'm going to be huge? Absolutely not. I mean, I knew I was going to be ever a part time model. That was it. And I mean, things were so different back then as well, Alan. I don't want to make myself out to be 90 because I don't feel that old. No, actually, but things but have changed you know, an awful lot even in the last two or three years. Yeah, Absolutely but, yeah. hugely. And particularly with social media now as well, it's a different kind of thing. So I, I grew up in an era where you never really had that pressure, to be honest with you. and um, Filters. It, literally. Yeah. And even like, even when you go back to the type of the leave insert type of stuff, there was never pressure on us to having to get so many points on a leave insert. That's the truth. Mm. In comparison to now, it's just a, different ball game altogether and the same with the modelling it was only ever going to be a sideline and I knew that and I loved it and I'm very lucky that I love my work Good so how did it, how did it come about then when you said I'm going to set up my own agency or like that must have been very difficult to to do Sure everyone told me I was pure cracked right. sure, and, and that I <laughs> well, actually am. Well you are cracked they <laughs> yeah. weren't wrong there <laughs> But, yeah, no, I mean, like, I remember at this stage, Ger and I were a couple of years married and we were we were living in Galway. And I said to Ger, I said, you know what? I said, there's an opening for a model agency in Galway. And he says, why don't you go for it? I have to say about Ger, he's brilliant for motivating me and for pushing me forward. He'd never, he'd never knock an idea. Hmm. I'd have to say he'd encourage it. And I just said to myself, I said, do you know what I said? Because every time there was a fashion show on in Galway, the models always came from Dublin. And I couldn't understand Beautiful girls, not obviously in very good agencies and everything like that. They were doing the work. But I couldn't understand why they weren't just weren't using their own gorgeous local models. Yeah. And um, so I rang around a couple of businesses in town that would be in the fashion industry. I rang a couple of people that were in, say, the hotel industry management and said, listen, I'm thinking about this. And I remember one guy says, are you absolutely off your trolley? This is never going to work. He said, there'll be no business for a model agency in Ireland or in Galway in particular. And I'm kind of going, so people just didn't get it. They actually didn't get it, to be honest. And um, But anyway, of course, when you tell me, like, no, I'll always go. <laughs> Don't ever say no, because I'll stay going until I get it. Yeah. And, and it actually motivated me. Yeah. And I decided to open up. I asked a few girls that I knew locally in town that just said, listen, would you be interested in doing a bit of part-time model with me? Think about opening up an agency. So I opened up with, I think it was seven or eight girls that I knew, and along with myself, and Catwalk was born. Was there a bit of kind of like hostility between you and other uh, agencies then? Were they kind of like, oh, look at your mom. Not at and down all. They, they just looked upon me as being the country pumpkin and that was it. Like, And that's the truth. Yeah. Because often at times when you're living in the country, often at times, sometimes outside of the capital, people don't see you as being serious in, in the gig, in, the, in particular of what I was doing. And, and if I be honest about it, Alan, at the time when I opened up, to me, it was always going to be probably Galway. I, I never really saw the broader picture initially, and that's the truth of it. Hmm. 
But no, I would say people said, oh, whatever kind of thing. I would imagine that that was definitely very much the... You're dead right in what you said there because I was working for an entertainment agency in Dublin and I was DJing and I was working in their office Monday to Friday and then I was DJing at night time. I used to DJ at some of the fashion shows um, in Liffey Valley and with, with one of the big Dublin agencies. And you're so right. Everything past Lucan is just the country. Absolutely. And they'd, they'd often say to me, oh, there's a gig down your way. And you'd say, where is it? Oh, it's down in Nina. Yeah. And you're like, that's three hours from my, <laughs> from my house. You know, they yeah. just assumed. And, yeah. you know, I, I suppose that's a, a generalization with Dublin people. But in this particular agency, they just assumed mm. everything past Lucan was just the countryside and everything was beside everything. There's still a little bit of that, too. Yeah, actually, but not as bad. And then I have to say, when I was backstage at these fashion shows, now we're talking, we're talking nearly 20 years ago, 18, 19 years ago. There was a fellow back there cracking the whip. He was rude, like. He was giving out to them. Do you know what I mean? I, I seen him sending a, a girl home one day. He said that she'd, not put, good on, enough. she'd put on too much weight. No. I saw that now and I'm not making that up for, sens- yeah. I'm not sensationalising anything. I know you're not. We were at a, we were at a fashion show in, in Liffey Valley one day and he tore her to shreds behind the screen and sent her home. Not good enough. And absolutely not good enough. And to be honest, Alan, and, and I know I can stand over this and I know any of my team will stand over it. I treat all the models like my kids. And that's the truth. Is that to me, it's family. Was that a thing? Like, yes. Was that a thing? And it still goes on. Yeah, it, it still goes on. It still goes on, yeah. All right. But I'd have to say... Like, but, but also, that's the industry they're in. They, like, they have to look good, don't yeah, they? Like, yeah, and, and there's no point denying that either. Yeah. If they're being booked to be a certain size, you know, that's, if you've a You model, signed up for that. Absolutely. And, mm. and even with ourselves, even my own models will even tell you, we have a WhatsApp group to the whole lot of them. So if I need to send a message, they all get it at one time. But even at that, I'd always say to them, listen, anyone's details have changed. I need to know about it. Because to be fair, Alan, I've never and have never in 27 years and never will told a model to lose weight ever. And I never will because there's work for everybody regardless of their size. So if I sign a model initially at a size eight and all of a sudden a year down the road, she happens to go up a little bit in, in weight or whatever and could be a size 12. Brilliant. Happy days for me. We're living in Ireland. We're not in Milan or Paris. Mm. Is also another thing not to lose the run of ourselves. So, you know, when certain models are being booked at their sizes, from a client's point of view, I can understand they need to get that model at that size. Right. Which is what a client is paying for. Yeah. But in regard for us, once we know that that's their, prop, their new size, no problem, change it, no hassle. And okay. they'll still get the work. Yeah. Because like if I looked, there's a plate of biscuits in front of me here now. I'm putting on weight looking at them. <laughs> Don't worry, I, I've Do had five already. <laughs> you know, I find it very, very hard to control my weight. And I and I probably should worry about it a little bit more. But I'd hate that pressure. I'd yeah. hate that pressure of, of having to be on camera or on a catwalk and, and constantly... And it's probably something people don't take into consideration. No, they don't. And and it is long hours. It's a lot of work. And I mean, to be fair, Alan, yes, would I expect the girls to keep an eye on themselves and look after themselves? Absolutely, I would. That's something I shouldn't have to tell them. I'd expect them to be always immaculate and groomed. Um, as I said to you, with weight, I don't. I actually genuinely don't have an issue with weight at all. And any any of the crew will tell you that. Um, what do you mean uh, groomed? Groomed as in immaculately presented themselves as in regarding their skin, their nails, if they've tan, everything, it has to be perfect. Oh, yeah. Like at the end Are they of the allowed to wear a fake tan? They can do. Yeah. Um, not every client not would want it. Once it's not streaky. <laughs> now, orange, oh my God, that's another day. Uh, what about the work. orange knuckles? Oh, no, forget about that. There's none would, of that. Would you be sent home for the orange knuckles? Well, well I, I would tell 
tell him to go and get it cleaned up. Yeah, yeah definitely. Absolutely. And but sure it's horrible looking. It's desperate. Yeah. But like the whole thing is, is that, it, and I keep saying to my team, if you want to be treated as a professional, turn up professional. Yeah. It's like us in work. If you want to be treated as a professional, then turn up professional. But I'd never, the crack I have with the gang, I swear to God, honestly, we have more laughs. I'm blessed. We've, we really do. And yet when we're working, it's professional and the job is delivered and it's done. But I don't believe in dogging anyone behind the scene. I don't believe in giving out to them. Because the way I look at it is, is that you're expecting these people to perform in front of an audience. Yeah. And if you're after tearing the head off somebody backstage, they're not going to perform because they're going, you're automatically going to throw them off. You might correct them and you might say, God, listen, the next time you go down, watch how you take off this jacket or whatever. And they, th- that's constructive criticism. Mm. That's not, but there's a way of saying things and I don't believe it's the right way of dogging people, to be honest. I don't believe anyone should be res- t- treated that way. That's my opinion on it anyway. And what about the lads then? Do the lads have it easier? If I be honest, yeah, they probably do. But in saying that, we, I, again, I would expect them to be immaculate. I would expect them to be groomed. And um, yeah, but the lads kind of do get away with an awful lot more, if I'd be honest about it. What's the minimum height requirement there for the lads? They'd want to be around the 5'11", 6 foot mark. Ah, shite. <laughs> I'm two foot I'm two foot away just don't worry <laughs> I've, I've appeared at the back door for you actually on the way out <laughs> uh, so what they all they have to do is make sure their hair is, is looking yeah, well yeah and, and the guys the kind of do get away with an awful lot more I, do you know the one thing I'd say about modelling as well people do have a perception thinking it's a real bitchy industry they actually do you will meet no nicer than a team of models that's the truth yeah. and people always feel oh they're up themselves because of what they do these are ordinary people that this is just happens to be what they do on the side and it's something that they enjoy doing like somebody plays football or soccer or camogie or whatever it is I heard recently um, that it's a really dangerous thing being in the public eye and being a model you can get very bored of yourself very quickly and then you develop this kind of complex thinking you're not beautiful anymore because it you're can happen, because yeah. you're constantly constantly looking at yourself and constantly analyzing yourself and you know that's kind of another uh, element and another element yeah. too it's like you know and luckily enough Alan I have to say over all the years in business I've I've never had an issue with them and if I thought I ever had an issue with somebody I would be I would be on the phone straight away I agree with what you said yeah. there's no nicer ladies because I have been in your company and I, we've met up at different events and we've we've went for dinner after events and things like that and and I've worked with some of them um, even Simona I yeah, done she's a, fabulous I've done a music video with her years ago in Sligo and I just remember thinking that this lady is like this is a lady now that could be in Milan absolutely and here she is in yeah. Sligo in a yeah. country music video with yeah. no airs and graces none and it's just so normal and so yeah. down to earth and then, you know, I have been out in your in your company in Galway and just the nicest, nicest ladies you could Thank ever you. meet. Yeah. yeah, I'm blessed. And that's the truth. These are just ordinary people. They don't lose the run of themselves. And I'm not being funny, Alan. I kind of would knock him a pick or two if I had to, to tell him, listen, lads, don't lose the run of yourself here. It's <laughs> great that you're doing modelling and all that larking. But I mean, Jesus, like, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? This is a lovely sideline. Enjoy it. But don't lose the run of yourselves or thinking you're any better than anyone else. It just happens to be the job that you're in and that you're doing. Yeah. But they need to enjoy it. And it's not going to last forever. Uh, no, it doesn't. Now, in saying that, there's some models in our books, Alan, and they're they're with me 20, 23, 4 years, and they're really? still modelling and still very busy today. Good. Do you know? So it's not, 
you know, it can be a nice, as I said, a great sideline. How long is Catwalk open? 27 years. 27 can you years. imagine? Oh my God, I can't believe it. Wow. It's bonkers, isn't it? And then you developed the business then into, uh, you added on another wing, which is Platform. Yeah. Did that come from COVID or where did that come from? It sure did. And if you told me pre-COVID that Mandy Maher was going to open up an agency for influencers, I'd say you're definitely on something or there's something, you're definitely on another planet anyways. Before we get into the agency, <laughs> just you called yourself Mandy Maher there. I've been to a few shows and they call you Mandy Maher. Oh yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I was Mandy just wondering, <laughs> I was just wondering, do you, do you ask, do you, do you ask for that? Or I do in my backside <laughs> for Jesus sake. There's Come a, on. There's a particular lady and I'm not going to mention any names now, but there's a particular lady who always introduces you as Mandy Moore. Oh, really? That sounds very Have posh. you ever noticed that? No, I know. And I actually do have an idea who you're on about. But sure, I do laugh. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. just like, no. It's a bit I, like the Argos and Argoose. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I'm know? more, as I said, I'm Maher and I'm as country as you can get. Okay, so oh, I'm yeah. proud of it, as <laughs> you say. <laughs> so you, um, you opened the influencer agency then. Yeah. That came from COVID. So obviously, right. So the, the modeling agency came to a standstill. It did. COVID came, the whole country was shut down. And you're out of business. Yeah, I mean, Ellen, in a space of 48 hours, we were wiped out when COVID hit in. We lost up to 40 fashion shows in a space of 48 hours. My whole business was gone. I was, I was out of business. 40 fashion shows over the next year, was yes, it? Or, yeah. we were. 2020 was going to be the busiest year. Oh, my God, there's Fritz. Hello, Fritz. I'm Hello, so Fritz. sorry, That's Ellen. okay. Fritz is my Jeez, cat, that's a, everybody. That's a cat and a half. A, what know, do you yeah. feed him? <laughs> What do you feed him? He's small like, small like, children. Stop, it's embarrassing how big he is. But anyway, he's overfed, I think. But He's like something out of the Tiger King. How are you? Don't eat me. Oh, he's cross, is he? <laughs> is he cross? <laughs> Sorry, no, he's not he, he's Ellen, I think he's going to have a small freak attack. Here. Does he want to go out? He wants to go out. I'm so sorry. Perfect. I'll let you out. Oh. oh. <laughs> he's intimidating. Huh? I know, he's. I'm so, so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. He's part of the house. He's very much part of the home, I have to say. But anyway. He's gorgeous. He's I wouldn't be a cat person. Yeah, you know no, what? and a lot of people aren't. No, but it, but he is a fabulous looking cat. No, he's well looked after. He's spoiled. I'd love a dog, but we're not here enough to have a dog. And that's the reason I don't have one. Whereas with, to be fair with him, I can throw him out for 24 hours and he does his own thing. You don't have to. You can just, he'll head off he'd there now and do yeah, his. Yeah, no, he'd be back in a while. You joke me. He's loved life here. He'll be down by the fire now in a little while and wow. ruined. Yeah. So let's get back to the agency. So, le- yeah, so you had 40 fashion shows lined in mm-hmm. for the rest of the year. It was going to be a bumper year. Yeah. You're on the TV all the time. Yeah, You've, with Ireland AM, which is fantastic. They're brilliant to me up in Virgin Media. And Very lucky. Here we are heading for a bumper year. And then Leo Varadkar comes on the telly and says, game over. Yeah. Ball and burst. I'll never forget it, Alan. I was. Where were you that evening? I don't, I don't want to get too bogged down on the whole no, COVID I was, thing. No, I, I was, it all happened on Thursday evening. I was actually here because the whole country was at a standstill. Literally, I think everyone was just watching the news and listening to the news. Because I, I honestly, I never thought it would happen. I never thought or saw uh, that we would see our whole country stopping. It was like as if the world stood still, which it did. It was bonkers, yeah. It was the most, I think we're going to look back on COVID as being... Did it actually happen? Even now, even even now, you kind of think, did we actually do that? Did it actually stop? But I, I, on a, such a wipeout, like so many hundreds of other businesses like myself, I remember on the Friday night, we sat here having dinner, Ger and I and the three kids, we sit at the island in the kitchen and the tears fell on my dinner plate wondering what was going to clear the mortgage next month. And that's the truth. I mean, it was, it was... 
And of course then when you're self-employed in this country you're entitled to nothing. Absolutely nothing. And you know Alan people have the illusions when you're actually working for yourself you're minted or that you're Mm. now I'm lucky enough you know we're we're short nothing we have a good life and whatever but in saying that on the next breath I work exceptional hours to make a living. And like you said you have a studio in Galway that no one sees you have a studio in Dublin that no one sees you know you have a mortgage you have car repayments you have the same same as anybody Same bills as everyone else. Same bills And, and that's the truth I remember sitting here and then about maybe about a week or two later, like we knew at this stage, everything was kind of gone. And then the mother instinct kicks into me. I'm worried about my team. I'm worried about the 70 models I have in the books and wondering, are they mentally OK? Because that was a huge time for everybody. And I think we all got into that bubble of all of a sudden. I think a lot of people thought a lot more during COVID than what they ever did any other time. And yeah of ever in life because life is such a pace and a rat race and all of a sudden it all stops including myself and I'm there worried because I have people that were in a bad place so I'm ringing them to make sure they're out of bed every day and that they're getting dressed and going out and doing their walking I set up um, I got a personal trainer in which is actually my niece Jessica I got her online and every Tuesday night I used to get the models to come online and we do Zoom classes we we met every Tuesday night brilliant and it was gas the whole lot of us be online it was pure bonkers it was brilliant but you know what Alan it kept us as a team it kept us together it meant that everyone could chat to each other so at the beginning of the class everyone had to say something so we'd all have well last week so it was a real fast thing from all of us that were online and then we start the exercise class and it was to keep them motivated because the only thing I could do yeah um, during that time it was looking back now it was a shock at the start and everyone didn't know what to do and then I felt there was a great sense of community and camaraderie and everyone was helping everyone and everyone Absolutely. everyone would do anything for anyone yeah and then after 12 months everyone hated everyone <laughs> and everyone's just like fuck this and I'm it's got faster I'm again. I'm sick of this now mm-hmm. again. And now we're gone back to full speed. Full speed. And we've completely yeah. forgotten um, how to slow down. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're guilty of it. No one more guilty than myself. B&B Homes make your dream home a reality. We do it all from start to finish. Your one-stop shop to becoming a homeowner. Log on to brbhomes.ie. How long then were you out of work? Um, well over a year and do you know it's gas Alan like and, I, and I'll tell you about the platform in a second but even with Catwalk we literally had to restart all over again like that's the fact mm. but you know what stood to us during COVID and what probably and I know what stood to me as a business what I decided to do then was thanks to my team of amazing models I reached out to 42 shops Boutiques that I work with all year round, got them to send clothes to each of the models' homes, and including myself. And we all used to do mini fashion shows and put it back out online for free. We never, no money exchanged hands. We did it in order to keep those shops open as well. Excellent. And I wanted to do something good. I wanted to do something that we could do in return, but also give the models a, a, a way of being at home, getting glammed up for Sense the day. Sense of purpose. Absolutely, yeah. filming themselves, sending me the content. Reese was amazing. My son, youngest son, Reese, he started because I had a clue how to put stuff together. I literally didn't. Yeah. So he was the one putting all the videos together for me, and then I put them out on our pages and out on Catwalk's pages. And that's what kept our business alive. That's the truth. Excellent. You know, so yeah, so it was good. It was positive in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously, you said there's a bit of demand here for the. Yeah. For the agency. Sure, I think Joe was ready to do a runner when I was telling him that one. But anyway, <laughs> and, and, and and the truth is, I if you told me I was going to be working with influencers, 
pre-COVID, I'd say you're bonkers. It'll never happen. That's the truth. But obviously, I saw an opening. And um, I'm always thinking of the next best thing and the next thing coming because I have to stay current and relevant. It's the gig I'm in. And I decided, okay, let's open up the platform by MM, right. which is for the likes of yourself, content creators and influencers. I You talk about Jerry a lot and I'd say he's a great support. Yeah. He strikes me as a man that just doesn't suffer fools. Oh, Jesus, no. And I'd say, <laughs> oh, I'd no. say if he thought that that was a stupid idea, he'd tell you that's yeah, a stupid idea. Yeah, he would. Yeah. But, it, but he'd, he'd have something to follow it up with. Absolutely. But he'd yeah. encourage her. He'd say, maybe if you didn't do this, would you do this? And do you know what's funny, Alan? Ger looks after all the production side of the fashion shows, which a lot of people don't know. He says he does all the donkey work, which he's probably right. Okay. Yeah. And this is the side people don't see. He's the guy that logs in the stages, sets up the lights. Um, f- looks after front of house while I'm back of house because I may not always be emceeing fashion shows I could be the person that's in back running backstage because the backstage is as important as front house in order for the whole thing to run properly when, particularly when doing a fashion show but he would be the one that's actually critical of the girls if they're not modelling right in the night Right. he'd actually go in and say listen God you know you're not really yourself tonight what's going on you need to up the pace a little bit you need to up the tempo on the walking or whatever and he'd actually be the more critical than what I would be but he doesn't suffer fools you are so right. No, yeah. I like him. I have a good time for him. Yeah, he's, really good he's time black for or him. white. You're very black or white. Yeah. Yep. And a strapping man as well. He is. He could, he could be on the catwalk himself. I remember he had a big dirty moustache when I first met him. Oh, gee. He must have been like Magnum. Oh, that's, that's probably why I went, oh, God, you're handsome. Oh, God, no. But <laughs> Did you ever throw no. him up on the catwalk? Um, well, actually, the funny thing is I sent him, no, but didn't I send him on a, on a to, to bring a model to a shoot one time and the client loved him so much they kept him and he was ended up, he says, Mandy, I'm staying for the shoot. And I said, what do you mean you're staying for the shoot? He says, they're using me as the male model. Oh. I'm going, are you actually having a laugh? Brilliant. That's the truth. That was actually inside in the Hardiman at the time when it was the Great Southern. Yeah, but I'd be surprised he doesn't get more work or doesn't get yeah, offered. Yeah, no, he because doesn't. He does. He wants to, he'd have no interest in it, no. Would he not? No, absolutely not. Because he's a fine looking man. Sure, he's grand. <laughs> <laughs> you're sick of looking at him now. <laughs> he's grand. He's grand. So how is the agency going then? How long? The this, platform. Yeah. The platform is open three years and Alan, it's it's flying it. It's so busy. A different way of working than what it would be with the models. If if the truth is, like the models are like my kids. It's probably, I'd be very, very one-to-one with the models because we travel a lot together. Whereas with the platform, the, the team I have are based all over the country. So I obviously wouldn't be seeing them as much Although I would be in touch with them all the time, as you know. So one, one compliments the other, really, because you had you had people ready to jump into that role mm-hmm. straight away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just literally went scouting on Instagram to try and see if people didn't have representation with the interest in coming on board with me. And, yeah. and I also wanted, Alan, for me, for the platform, I'm very personal. You, you know that. Yeah. But I, I think it's important that we're both a good fit. So I need that person to be a good fit with me, but equally that I'm also a good fit with them. Because there are some agencies out there and they're just signing everyone for the sake of signing everyone. Yeah, and that's not what we're about. Yeah. We're a boutique style agency and, and we are particular on who we do sign because ultimately it is a business. So I need to sit back and say, okay, can I genuinely get this person work? Because there's no point having amazing people on your books and they're not getting any work out of it because then the whole purpose it defeats the purpose of why you're actually wanting to be with an agency in the first place so and it's a huge industry now massive it's massive you know and, and I think yeah. it's it's finally starting to get the credit it deserves where at, I think a couple of years ago it wasn't getting that credit and people mm-hmm. were kind of thinking ah sure look at and and like that, if if you got a free cup, people assuming oh, sure you're loaded. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You got a free cup sent out to you there, and you're just like, you know, 
Yeah, they're not realizing what goes on the other end of it at all. Yeah. And and honestly, Alan, even myself, and I, and I will admit this, I have a complete new found respect for anyone that does influencing or content creating full time. That's the truth. Because people really don't see what goes on the other side of it. You put up, I could put up a story tonight on fashion for argument's sake, but no one sees the hours it actually takes to go off and get ready for that to do that collaboration so between hair makeup having everything ready then setting up the area of where you're filming lighting editing sure it's editing takes a huge amount of time Mm. and it's there's it's full on it never stops and then in order for your your page to be successful you're having to keep on top of it and engaging with other people and other talent and other people your followers you need to make sure that they're being looked after if people are good enough to follow your page you need to interact with them as well and it's it's full on it's a busy busy world Uh, speaking about being full on there do you ever take a break because you're going the whole time if you're not going with catwalk you're going with platform and you're always you must be meeting yourself coming back yeah my uh, barber thinks I have a clone. <laughs> and he, he always says to myself, when I'm leaving the barber shop, he always says, if Alan comes in, I'll tell him you were asking for him. I love it. And, you know, I would have accepted, yeah, I was very busy. I still am very busy, but geez, you're the busiest person I've ever met in my life. Man, it's bonkers. But you know what? I'm blessed at what I do and I love my work. I am a workaholic. I can admit that. But I do try... But you go seven days a week. Yeah. Like I sent you a voice note on Sunday and you were where you were coming back from TV or something. Yeah, was I was it? coming back from Ireland. Yeah, I yeah. started the voice note with sorry for, sorry for messaging you on a Sunday and you just said, Alan, it doesn't matter. I was matter. on the road since It doesn't matter what day you message me. That morning, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you it doesn't. And and, and and to be fair, I'd always, you know me, I'd always get back to you. I'd never not get back. Yeah. I'd, I always would. It's in me. I just can't. But do you take a break? Um. Yes, I do. Um. I do. But um, and and f- I'm I'm it's gas. I'm the I'm the most ordinary person you'd ever meet in your life. People have this perception that I'm forever done up or forever glamorous because they see me at different events and different things. But I'm the person that is quite happy to be in a in a tracksuit at home in the runners with no makeup on, and sitting back with a mug of tea. I'm actually quite a simple girl, actually. What do you do to switch off? Love walking. Um, Ger and I try and get into a bit of Netflix at night time where we pick a series maybe but it could be half nine or ten o'clock most nights before we'd even get to watch that because I'm rarely home before then um, I have tried a lot to try and pull back a little bit more at the weekends for work um, because obviously my house needs catching up I don't have a cleaner people probably think I have a cleaner coming into the house but I don't and I'm a fanatic about my house to be kept spotless or um, things like that but yeah it's it's small things that keeps me happy yeah. Yeah. What is the highlight of your year? This year? Yeah. Good. Do you know, I'd probably say probably from the year before and a huge thing happened because obviously everything only just started up and actually it was the Galway races. I was very honoured to have been asked to look after the Ladies' Day for the Galway races because probably because it's home and because it's local but because it's such a prestigious event. So for people who don't know about your role there, what is your role? My role is I'm head judge on Ladies' Day, which isn't the role that most people might want because it's very tough. Trust me, it's it's actually the toughest job you'll ever get. But what I was probably more honoured with, with that phone call from Sinead Cassidy at the Goey Races was um, they wanted me to run it for them on their behalf, which meant that it was my own team that are with me on the day, literally 
running Ladies' Day on behalf of the races and making sure everything is done right, ethical, everything's above board, um, having everything on the day regarding backroom team. So it's all my own crew. So that for me was a huge coup. And I was back again this year and um, hopefully for next year as well. Sinead Cassidy is a mighty bit of stuff. She's on Real Business Girl, yeah. If you could bottle her energy yeah. and just take a sip of it every morning when you get out of bed, you'd and be... You'd Always be a new positive. person. Always. Yeah, she's she great to be around. good things to say about people as well, she yeah. yeah, Yeah, she is fantastic. So how many people then work on the day? So I was the host of the Galway Races this year where I was hosting this new audience camp. Yes. So I, I had a little bit of protection because I was in the parade ring and I didn't I didn't venture out into the, the madness of it too often. <laughs> because, That's another story. But I went out into it on the Thursday and I can tell you one thing. It was intimidating. Oh, it is. It was intimidating. Yeah. For a man who had no act or hand or part in it, it was very intimidating to see thousands of women competing. And and I wouldn't say aggressively, but like, Jesus, they take it serious. Oh, God, yeah. Don't they? I mean, there's, there's, I'm not being funny, Alan, but there's people that are veterans Is to it? race meetings. They go to every race meeting all over the country. There's actually veterans. That's what they do. And there's people, I can tell you, come January, that will be organising their outfits for the race seasons of next year. Uh, including Galway. And is Galway, would Galway be the biggest one? Absolutely. It's one of, the, it's definitely one of the best in the country. There's no doubt about it. And then like that, you have a phenomenal prize on board as well. I mean, it's, it's 10, 10 grand cash. Yeah. And 3,000 for a hat. And 3,000 for a hat, a hat, which is absolutely nothing to be sneezed at. So for any woman to be able to walk away on Ladies' Day with 10 grand cash it's phenomenal so uh, your team then what happens is they land the race course how do they enter or what do they do did you just walk around waiting to be spotted this is something new that was brought up and and is what the race course introduced actually last summer which um 22 and it was a great idea a lot of people were giving out because they felt judges didn't see them on the day or they missed them or they weren't spotted and whatever. And they decided, okay, how can we incorporate everybody? So they decided to open up online. So basically anyone coming to the races on Ladies' Day, now the stipulation is, Alan, they have to also be at the races later in the day, but they can enter online that morning of Ladies' Day. Oh, wearing what they're going to be wearing Wearing what they're going to wear later on that day. So it means that then if they really are seriously wanting to enter, they can enter online, submit their photographs, submit their details. And then what we do as judges is we sit down and we go through all the application forms that come in online. So they close offline by 11 o'clock in the morning. This is insane. So all that's done before we even go out into the public. So how many people would enter online? Hundreds. Wow. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. You would not believe it. It's unreal. And then I'm just assuming here that you you allow, <laughs> you allow people to enter online. Yeah. Some of the photos must be horrendous. They are. Like they <laughs> must, mean, the lighting the must be very bad. And, uh, yeah, the, uh, absolutely. The phone is 10 years but old. But you know what? But then you, you get, you know, to be fair about it, some of, the, some of the photographs can be quite dark and can be bad. But the other side of it is, is that if we feel the outfit is what we're going to be looking for on the day and it's right, we will we will have them come and meet with us in, in person anyway. Yeah. Because what we do is we go through every single application form. So um, we go through, pick out who we feel is going to, we think could be a potential winner on the day. So once we have that done, our team then, they ring those people and ask them to come and meet us in the marquee at a certain time. 
Right. So we actually, because often at times we could see outfits that could be amazing in a photograph. And when you see it in person, it's completely not what you thought it was. Right. Or equally, an outfit that we kind of go, hmm, could be a bit dodgy, but it might be all right. And when we see it in person, we go, God almighty, this is actually way better than what we thought it was. So we ring those people, they come and meet with us. And from there, then we narrow it down. And then we go out into the public and meet with the people that have turned up on the day. And sometimes a lot of them could be people that they could have entered online. And when you see them in reality, we could end up bringing them in as a finalist. And do you know who a judge is? Do they have a label on them or anything? No. Um, or is it, an, is it? No, we don't. But I think to be fair about anyone that's kind of come, we'll really know who the judges are anyway. Like you obviously have the representation, which this year was Kieran at the um, O'Malley from the Connacht Hospitality Group, which is you, from representing the Connacht Hospitality Group because they're main sponsors. Yeah. And then obviously then there's always a celebrity guest um, judge, which we, of course, this year we the amazing and fabulous Rachel Gorry. And um, so the celebrity guest is generally changed every year and then the core judges are there every year because we're the ones kind of doing the back end of it. Oh, I understand. So the three of you are going around, but do you have like co-judges then that would be kind of saying, Mandy, did you see this one? Absolutely. So each of us have our own chaperone, which is from my own team. Chaperone, okay. I don't know the lingo. So we have like, say, Hayley Coleman, Neva Donovan, Mary Lee. They're all on hand with each judge. So, and they're the ones that actually keep the judges on tow because often at that, like Alan, obviously when it's Galway, we know so many people and people are stopping them for the chats and stuff. So it's their job is to kind of have us back to the marquee on certain times because everything on Ladies' Day is all timed. So in other words, if we're given a time when we need to announce the winner, everything has to be because we're working off um, RTE, for example, or the likes of Virgin Media. We need to be able to have our winners ready because automatically that goes out live yeah. on cameras and home for people at home so it wasn't until this year that I realised how huge it was when you announced the winner and there was all the hullabaloo in the marquee and then it was dragged them down to the parade ring and then oh, it's huge, I yeah. was I was Mr Galway Races as in I, I had to interview them but then as soon as RT landed it was like boom yeah. RT are here yeah. they have taken over now yeah, and they will this is huge it's gone live mm. you're on telly get in there with your hat get in there with your dress who are you what do you do uh, it's it's, mental, it's it? mega. Yeah. And also I did a quick interview on TG Cahar this year and more people sent me photos of myself on TG Cahar than anything I've ever done in my life. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? You yeah, just assume you assume good. nobody watches it. Yeah. You assume it's just a thing that's just there and I, I, I'm assuming people that speak Irish watch it, but no, it was huge the amount of people Cahar that sent it to me. Big. Yeah, it's big. Um when you pick the winner then, Mandy, like, do you do you hide down behind the curtain? Or because oh, do you, know what, Alan, you can't please all the people all cannot. the time. And, and, you know, this is what I'm saying about judging. And, you know, it's the it's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. Would 5,000 people enter? Oh, uh, probably not 5,000, but you definitely have the guts of right. a, a lot of people. It like, felt like that to yeah, me. No, like when was I was huge, there on the Thursday, big. it felt insane. But you know what, Alan, as judges, we sit down, we're a team for the day. There's no one person bigger or better than the next. The reason there's three of us is because obviously if one person is sitting on the fence and two are in agreement, the two will override the the one person that's not on the fence. But generally speaking, it is unanimous. And this year was very much unanimous on our winner this year, hugely so. But like, and it has to be. But as judges, we pick the person we feel is the right person on the day. Because oftentimes people say to us like, God, how come we wouldn't go for this? Or how come we didn't go for that outfit? We're never going to please everyone. Mm. But also what ladies need to remember when they're entering competitions like this, it's a ladies day competition. There's certain protocol that needs to be followed. And this is the biggest problem that women don't follow. 
And that's the truth of it. I saw outfits on Ladies' Day. They were fabulous. Would I wear them? 100% I would. But they weren't appropriate for Ladies' Day. In, they what, weren't in what sense? If, for example, um, the, the length might be wrong. Like, the, the, we're not going to go for something short. I can tell you that now straight off. We're not going to go for a mini dress. It's not going to happen. Or you're going to go for an outfit that could be nice and sexy with cutouts all over it and stuff like that. Would I wear it on an ordinary night out? 100% I would. But for Ladies' Day, you won't. So it's like it's like a certain styling protocol that really you should follow. And that's not being old-fashioned. You can still get very current and fabulous, classy and elegant outfits. That's what we want on the day. And you're also taking into consideration how they're groomed that their hair and makeup is perfect. Like as you mentioned earlier on about 10, that the 10 is good, nails are immaculate, that the headpiece is working with the outfit. Oftentimes we see the most amazing outfits and the headpiece kills it. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. So like, there's so much to take into consideration. But, you know, we laugh, you know, when we're together as a team, we have meetings throughout that morning, first thing, obviously well in advance of the day itself. Then on the morning, another brief. Then later on the day, how are things going? How are we all feeling? Um, but the one thing is, is that our main thing is, is that we know we have done a 100% good job. We're not going to keep everyone happy, but that it's ethical and that we can go home that night and sleep knowing we've done the right job. And <laughs> after that, people will have their opinions, Alan. Have you ever received a big backlash for... Af- actually, no. No. I have to say, and thankfully I haven't. And if I, like that, in person, if I've met people, they say, oh, we were kind of surprised at what you've picked... That's their opinion. Yeah, well, everyone's entitled and to their opinion. Fashion, yeah. And your fashion, Ellen. And, and this is fashion in general. So if we're all dressed in the same thing, she wouldn't be boring. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like, what I'm going to love, people are going to look and say, God, I might have caught dead in it. Or what somebody else, you know, so we all have different views and different takes on fashion. You have to have a very thick skin, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. You actually do. And not being funny, like, you know, because it's so competitive, people all, everyone thinks they should win. But unfortunately, there can only be one winner. And if three people are judges on a day and three of, us are, three of us are unanimous on who the winner should be, there's no arguing in it. Like that's... Why you know, is there no best dressed man? That I don't know. They used to do it years ago at the Gawi races. Back in the day of Anthony Ryan's, of course, was one of the main sponsors for a long, many years in, in Galway. I'm not sure if you heard, but I, I won best dressed man there two weeks ago. I did a little party <laughs> told me and I have to say well deserved too actually no 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 let's 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 put it into context it was best dressed in, in the room best dressed of, yeah, about, a, of well. about of about 60 people it wasn't of the actual Galway races before. I know but still you but still won it is interesting that there isn't one yeah I don't know why I actually don't know why and you think with all the gender balance and equality and blah 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 that there is these days it's another argument I think that yeah. it'll be just as important because men do go all out Absolutely. And do you know what I found about the Galway races? The older gentlemen, oh, like men in their perfect men in their their sixties, seventies, eighties, there is some style and fashion with those guys. Absolutely, like they they yeah. really go all out. Yeah, it's oh, class no, there's, to there's see. There's definitely it. some guys, and they'd be well well decked out from head to toe. I'm going to get on to Sinead Cassidy now and see, can we... I'll let you pick that one up with Sinead. I'm not going to. <laughs> Just more pressure on us on the day, that's all. Well, maybe not even the Thursday, but we could do it another day. We could, actually, we could there's, have, there's food for thought. Yeah, we could yeah. do it on the Monday or something like yeah, that. I absolutely. don't know. I'm sure there's something every other day, but it, it is interesting because men are starting to take pride in themselves. And Yeah, it's great. I think, I think now, though, Alan, as well, I think, like, men over all the years would always have looked after themselves anyways. I, they did. 
did, but I think more so now. I think men are way more conscious with. But men wouldn't have gone to like clinics. No, they wouldn't. But they would now. They would now. Well, yeah. They, I, th- I think it's slowly breaking. I do think the younger generation, though, Alan, they're more into their fitness. They're more into how they're looking. They're definitely an awful lot vainer men are. Yeah. Um, don't know if I could handle my man being more vainer than me. <laughs> if I'd troop being, I kind of think like, mm, I don't know, like that. But anyways, because I've started, yeah, I've started going to metastatics in, in Galway, looking after amazing. my skin because I had um, dermatitis here around my nose and things like that. And I have to, I can't say enough good things about Alma and Dr. D and all the team in there. But every time I share it, and I'm I'm kind of conscious that you're kind of in here and you're getting a facial and you look like a bit of a bollocks because there's, <laughs> there's people that are that are working really hard and they're they're up to their you know they're up to their eyeballs that day and then they see this fella at two o'clock on a Tuesday getting a facial and you, you don't want to piss people off but at the same time I'll always get a message from a lad saying you know you've pushed me to go in mm. and that's the reason I do it I don't I don't put them up to say oh look at me in here getting a facial am I great. I do it to try and encourage more lads to take care of their skin and to use and, SP- and to use SPF. And, and it wasn't until I started going in talking to Alma that I had all this pigmentation just around the top part of my hairline hair. And she was like, Alan, that has never seen SPF ever. And it wasn't until I was 37 years of age and I realized every time I've put on SPF, I've just done this, rubbed it on here <laughs> and I had, I had a circle around my face <laughs> and, and two patches at the top. <laughs> yeah. And it took me 37 years to realize that I haven't done that. Yeah. And it's yeah. very, very important. I think it's so important. I think male grooming is hugely important. I honestly do. And actually, even like you'd be talking about small things like, you know, facials and stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. And I mean, the way salons are set up now, take the likes of metastatics like it's so private you're mm. in that door before no one would even see you going in and going out yeah. and I mean I think those days I honestly believe those days are gone and people shouldn't be conscious of it I think male grooming is vital a lot of guys are getting waxed and yeah. rightly so I prefer <laughs> what I'm saying yeah. to them that's another hurdle of you'd have some job but waxing like, me now <laughs> but you know what I mean but there's nothing yeah. wrong with it yeah. I think it's I think go for it if you can go and get it done brilliant I was in Thailand when in my early 20s and there's these massage parlors like they're everywhere <laughs> just on okay. the they're just on the side of the road not 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 the ones that are, that offer the happy ending now <laughs> the, 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 the normal ones the normal ones they're everywhere they're everywhere on the side of the road and you'd be just walking down the road and there could be 10 beds there on the side of the road and myself and all the lads went in one day we said come on we'll go in here and get a massage and they used tiger balm on everything and it was just so we were lying down anyway and I'll never forget it and I've said this I've said this on a podcast before but I can't remember where when I took off my top and I was lying down on the bed the woman goes oh you like monkey <laughs> And she was thinking to herself, oh, how am I going to massage this fella? This is so funny. He's so hairy. Oh, that so, is brilliant. So you'd have some job waxing so me. So there's your challenge now. To get it waxed? Yeah. Oh, I'd die. You would? Well, it's would, sore, but it's so fast. Oh, I'd die a million deaths. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. No. You're right. No, I definitely wouldn't. I could put you a challenge now. You could do it for charity. Oh, God. Oh, Wax my God, chest for charity. I'd want to raise some amount of money. <laughs> that's for sure. There's one for you now. <laughs> so what's um, what's coming up then over the, the next couple of months? I presume you're going to be crazy busy for Christmas. Absolutely. Well, we're bonkers now at the moment with Black Friday coming at the end of the month. It's absolutely chaotic. Um, Christmas time, would you believe it? Things will quieten down. And January is normally quiet. Um, back this year with our dream wedding exhibition. What's that? It's um, a two-day wedding event in Leisureland in Galway. I'm delighted to be back at that because we're 18 years running it. Um, it's 
the largest bridal exhibition outside of Dublin. So anyone that's getting married can come and literally book their full wedding over the two days by meeting all the wedding experts from cars, cakes, flowers, bands, hotels, everything. Literally everything under one roof. Wow. Yeah, it's brilliant. That's great. So you get to meet hotels and the whole Everything, lot. All the wedding suppliers, you meet them all. And, we've, and we've got the most, honestly, we actually have the cream of the crop of exhibitors with us as well. How many exhibitors would you have there? 70. Wow. Even down to the celebrants, like. So the only thing we actually don't have is a church. Uh, you know, but everything else is looked after in regard to getting married. Everything. When did, when did you lot. say that's on? Um, it's on the 13th and 14th of January in Leisureland. A great time to have it on too. Yeah, because like, a lot of people, get, of course, get engaged this time of year and people are planning weddings for the following year. So yeah, it's mental. It's busy. That's busy now at the moment as well, planning for that. There's probably a lot of planning in that because an awful lot of exhibitors are probably fully booked as well and it's probably hard to convince them to come down and say, here, will you do this? Uh, yeah, and... I do, you see what we, the beauty of our business is, is for particularly for this is that we only allow so many of each business participate. So in other words, say for example, we've got say so many hotels, we we cannot physically take in another hotel unless another hotel pulls out. Okay. That's the way we work. Right. We only take so many grooms where we only take so many bridal where we only take so many cakes so that it means that the, the punter that's turning up or the guest that's turning up to visit our um, weekend they're, they have a variety of exhibitors that they can go to, but it means that each exhibitor is there then has not been flooded by competing with 10 other cake people. There might be only two other cake people, yeah. so they know the chances are they'll get business. And I'm not being funny, if they don't get business the weekend with us in Leisureland, they're not, they shouldn't be in business. That might sound awful, but that's actually the truth. because And that's why it works. And to be fair, the bulk of our exhibitors are with us for the last 18 years. And do you... Do fashion shows then in the middle we of it? We do indeed. Do bridal shows throughout the day, three each day, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that's busy now. It's great. It's brilliant. And do you have special guests at it? Yes. We'd often have down the likes of Zara Kennedy, Irish Wedding Blog. We're hoping Zara will be with us. This actually looks obviously very likely she'll be with us this year, which is great because she's a wedding expert, as you know, in in, on, in influencing. And um, yes, we'd often have special guests coming up as well. What does the world of influencing look like to you at the moment? I can't see it dying off at all. I, it's, it seems to be getting busier and busier. And even when we were speaking, Alan, to PR companies and because they're dealing with brands that they're representing, the brand is giving so much of their budget to put towards advertising. You're literally looking at between 85 and 90% of advertising is now going into influence and marketing. It's, it's incredible. I spoke to a business yesterday that spent 12,000 euros of a marketing budget for Christmas on radio and bus shelters. Mm-hmm. And he told me that he's not pumping one single penny into radio or bus shelters this year. It's all going influencer. It's all going online yeah. and influencer. Yeah, that's the way it's gone. And I know it from the work that we're doing and the brands that we're working with. But the word influencing and influencer, mm-hmm. it's kind of a dirty word, isn't it? Is, it? Yeah. And people, it, it, it triggers people. Yes. Doesn't it? Absolutely does. Yeah, people, people get annoyed by it, I think. But you know, the other side of it is, I think as a content creator... I think you need, you have to, you're not, you don't need to, you have to stay true to who you are and be honest and be honest to the people that are following you. And I would always say to our team, do not promote a brand if you don't believe in it. Do not be doing it because you're getting paid to, to, to do promotion. You must believe in the product. You must believe that it's the right fit for you because often at times, I could contact you, Alan, and say to you, listen, there's a brand that's looking for you. You might turn around and say to me, Mandy, that's not what I would do. It's not what I would do. And I respect you for it. Mm-hmm. 
So do you know what I'm saying to you? So it needs to be, stay true to who you are. But I will definitely say to anyone that says influencer, oh, another influencer, they are probably one of the hardest working people you will ever meet, Alan. That's the truth. People do not see the hours that they do behind the scenes to get things put up on their pages and sent out. Like some brands are quite demanding and they they nearly expect an influencer to be like a TV advert at the stage yeah. of what they're putting on their phones. They're expecting the quality and the, the production to be that good. So it's like it's a fair on game now here. It's It's a tough industry. And it's a double-edged sword because sometimes I find if you overproduce something, it doesn't engage the audience as well. It they they want it to be yeah. normal and they want it to be part of your everyday life. Absolutely. And lately, um, Cookie, I have a video of Cookie that's gone viral lately and it's over 1.3 million views. Oh my God. Okay. But the amount of abuse I'm getting about the dog not having a lead, not being on a lead. And I'm getting all this different abuse coming in. And, and the majority of it is probably from people that don't even have a dog and never had a dog in their life. But I put up a post the last night saying, the next time I do an ad for someone, don't be giving me shit <laughs> with yeah. the amount of shit I have to listen to yeah. from everyone on a daily basis. If I get a few bob at the end of the month for this, it's well earned. Yeah, because it is well People earned. are very quick to jump down your throat. And they are, but I think people need to also remember not to be as quick to be writing something either. It's yeah. very easy to write something and send it. Yeah. But remember the person that's having to read it at the other side. That's what I would say on that one. And then I guess the other problem with this industry at the minute is there's a lot of spoofers. Oh, load of them. Then people are watching the spoofers and then they're painting everyone with the same brush. Mm. And they're saying if, if, if Brendan is over there and he's spoofing all day long and then Alan is over here, they're just assuming that Alan and Brendan are the same. And they're not. Yeah. They're not. There's a lot of that. And that's, that's why I would say to everyone, you need to be honest to your page and be honest to your followers. And I'd always say, and I had a conversation recently about yourself and I said to somebody about a brand and when we were in the middle of discussion, I said, let Alan be who he is. That's the truth. And you're, you're sitting here in front of me, you know this, right? Yeah. So I can mention, I can talk about oh, you yeah, because yeah. you're here. But like, don't change him to something he's not. Let him do his own spin on what you're looking to get done. Yeah. But let him produce it and be do what he does. Yeah. Don't start all of a sudden it's like asking me like as I just say it's like asking me to go into the kitchen and start cooking a chicken and showing everyone how to cook a chicken I mean Jesus it's not my forte cooking do you know what I mean I can cook I can throw on something if I had to but, and I do but yeah. I, I'm just making the point my thing is fashion so all of it like don't start doing something you're not doing and your followers are then looking thinking what did Jesus are they at now keep normal or do it and just make it normal yeah like, and be relatable yeah. people yeah. don't want high flute and stuff like do you it, know what I mean they want it relatable yeah like if you're in the kitchen and the kitchen's upside down. Fine. Fine. Grand. But don't show me around a, a beautiful kitchen and not even a spoon out of place in yeah, the thing, you know, I because know. it's just not real. Sure, no, it's not. Not a bit. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear you saying that it's here to stay, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's definitely, it's very busy. And even I have Haley that works in the office with me. You know Haley, sure, Haley's guest and sure, I'd be lost only for her. But like, it's, it's. We're both flat to the max with work and, and the way it's going now, Ellen, it looks like we possibly could be looking at a third person coming into the office for next year if it's just going the way it's going. So it's brilliant and it's positive. But we work hard, very hard. And, you know, so hopefully it'll reward eventually, as I just say. And for the odd person listening to this uh, who don't know, you are now my manager. I am. You are. <laughs> 
delighted. So you've got my back. I eventually, I eventually got you to sign the dotted line. He's all mine, folks. After he's all mine. After many, many secret meetings in, yeah. in secret locations. Yeah, no, no, I'm, and I'm delighted, Alan, to have you. I'm very honoured to have you as part of the business, and that's the truth. But we click. We definitely we do. Get, we get each other. Yeah, and and you are right. Any of my team will tell you. I will always have my teams back first. Yeah, always. And that's and any anyone that knows me will know that. And um, to me, it's loyalty. Yeah, and, and that's a, a big thing. And it's important. It's important that you know your you know your um. What are they called? What What are we called? Are we your Are we your? You're my babies. As I'm well. your babies. You're it's my important, babies. You know. Yeah, yeah, because you know straight away if a brand rings you and you're just, Alan's not going to do that. Yeah, and you're not going wasting off. my time or your time. You know. Yep. And that's the one thing I love about you is that you you kind of. You filter out an awful lot of shite. I do. Yeah. I do. And then like, do you know, we could have a brand that could come and say, I'm interested in doing a collaboration with so-and-so. And I, I, and I have done. I say, I actually don't think they're going to fit for what you're looking to do. However, I could have somebody else. And, and I have done that. And I'll admit that. Yeah. And because also equally, I want the brand to come back and say, Jesus, these are great to work with and they're straightforward and honest. Or I have actually told brands, I have nobody on my books that's going to fit what you're looking to do. And I have done that, Alan. And people might say business is business and take the money when you're getting it. I think it's a longer road. Always. Yeah. And I want brands to know they can trust us when they're contacting us. And that's the truth because we also need to have a loyalty with them and a trust, a, have this trust. They know they can trust me. You're not in it for the quick book. No, I'm not. Yeah. You're if I was in it for the quick book, I'd be very wealthy. Yeah. Let's yeah. <laughs> put it that way. Yeah. But I'm not in it for the quick book. I'm here for the long term. And let's just wrap up by asking you, if if I'm a young male or female looking to get into modelling, what advice would you give me now in 2023? I would say to you, um, knock on every door if you have to. Um, if you're not a fit for me personally, that doesn't mean you're not a fit for another agency, which can also be the truth. Make sure they're reputable. Follow your dreams. In life in general, follow your dreams. You could have 50 no's and then 51 could be a yes. And don't give up is what I would actually say. Are you always looking for models? Yes. Yeah, yeah. always. I n- never stop looking for models. Actually, very much looking for a lot of male models at the moment. Huge shortage of male models in the country at the minute. Because our work, Alan, is all over Ireland. Like, and this is the thing I had started out in Galway, which I always thought was going to be small. And sure now we're we're obviously we work everywhere um, so but male models are very difficult to get very hard to get a good guy and how would you apply do you have a CV or a portfolio yeah. or what, what do you do people often send me emails and I reply back to them but I do hold open castings days which by the way we will have one in December I just don't have a date set so we'll have an open day where people can come and meet with me myself they meet with me personally I'm on everything myself and then they either we either bring them on board or we don't. But each person that applies to me hears back from me only. It's not from Haley in the office or anyone else. They will get an email back thanking them me for, for thanking them for contacting us, and we will tell them whether they're going to be a fit or not. I know it's not the nicest of jobs, and it isn't. Do they just walk in themselves, or do they bring photos of themselves? Or, or what we what we started doing in the last um, two years, and a lot of it was because of COVID at the time. Is we have an online application first, so you apply online, fill out the form, send over photographs, okay. and then. From there, then, if there's people we feel, yeah, we'd like to see these in person, then we will get them to come and meet with us in person. Because often at times people can apply and and it's not, as I said, it's not being disrespectful to people, but they just may not have what I would want as, for a model. Yeah. Because I know my clients, I know what my clients are going to book. So 
they need to be a fit for the agency as well. And if they if I don't feel they are, then I actually don't bring them on board, obviously. So we're putting a call out for male models. Yes. If there's anyone out there that has... Good looking tall guy, but I want a guy with a personality. Personality is massive in the modern industry, even with the girls. I, does a, does to, a personality come across on the catwalk? 100%. Absolutely. And as well as that, like, the last thing I want is some diva thinking all of a sudden that they're God's right of amazingness like I mean and grand and it's great if they're blessed with all those things but I want someone that's going to be up for a bit of a laugh have the crack be easy get on with I don't want someone that's going to be sitting in a corner and won't open their mouth to people I want people to mix because at the end of the day same thing our clients will book us on the backing of every every job we do for them. So if we're going to be difficult to work with, they won't be coming back to us. Whereas if we're easy going, helping them, carrying clothes out to their car for them, which we do all the time yeah. and do above and beyond, they'll come back. We'll get the repeat business and that's where our business does open then for that case. And now that you've said that, any of the any of your ladies that I've um, worked with, the likes of Katie and Mary and Simona, like they're, it's a laugh a minute. It's unbelievable. It's a laugh a minute. And we do eat. Like I know everyone thinks <laughs> we're the people that stop at Supermax on the way home from shows. We're an absolute disgrace. And if you saw the rubbish that we eat as well, we eat crisps, we eat sweets, we eat biscuits, we eat it all. So any disillusion of people saying that we starve ourselves, honest to God, does not happen. Trust me. And finally, if uh, an 18 or 19 year old was listening to this, possibly younger, but my page is set to over 18, so maybe not. And they're listening to this and they're saying, I'd love to be an influencer. Uh, that's all I want to do. What advice would you give them? I would say to them, if they're starting out, know their niche. What's their niche? Is it fitness? Is it fashion? Is it beauty? Is it wellness? Whatever the case may be. Is it homeware? Whatever it is. And then they need to start putting content of that into their pages because otherwise they need to get their niche that's what they need to do and they need to be regularly posting they need to be doing stories every day continuously and they need to start engaging with other people as well as hoping then the people will start engaging on them and start growing their pages that way yeah everything organic it's the only way i worry about younger people coming up through the ranks now because it's vicious isn't it yeah absolutely like if 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 the normal joe soap saw 10 percent of the messages i get or 10 percent of the stories that go around. You need to be thick skinned. Oh my God. Absolutely, you have to. But I also would say to anyone young, your education is important. You need to go to college. You should have a job on the side. The influencing is amazing as well as as a sideline. Obviously, if you're as successful as yourself where you're full-time at it now, it's a different kettle of fish. But like, if you're only starting out, don't lose the run of yourselves. You still need to be able to have something of a wage and a steady wage coming in the other end. like it's not that I'm at it full time. The podcast is my kind of day job, and that ke- keeps me going. And yeah. then the influencing is a, is a side job. I've always kind of had something. So you're yeah. looking, and you need that. It's and a it's backing. more it's more difficult for men. Um, very difficult. You know, we don't get the same brand offers or brand you, you deals. You actually don't. No. You don't. It is definitely, and there's very few very good men in Ireland as well of influencing. That's that's also equally the truth. And straight men. Only I have the best one on my books. <laughs> Who is it? Who is it? <laughs> Who is it? Tell me. Um, yeah, because it, it's mo- most of the big uh, content creators are gay men. Yeah, a lot. There's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah a lot would be. It, and they'd be probably more beauty as well. Not stereotyping them, but generally speaking, most of them would actually be on the beauty side of things. I don't know why. I've sold my fair share of Freddie's jeans, I'll have you know. Well, 
well, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I done a piss take on Freddie's jeans one day and the sales went through went the roof. Flying, did it? Yeah. yeah, you see, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. It depends on who your audience is, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so if you've any tan deals or anything like that, let me know. Okay, fair enough. Or that you're just basically it. telling me to go and reach out for tan. No, no, okay. don't, don't. I couldn't I couldn't be dealing with the brown Maybe knuckles. You listen, here's no, the new one for no. us. Um I just want to finish up by saying thank you very much indeed for, for taking me on. Thanks so much. I'm um, Yourself and Haley have been fantastic. And, you know, like I said earlier on, I do feel like part of the team and that finally you, you have my back, you know, and it's lovely to have that support because in this industry, very few people have your back. And if they're at your back, it's only to stick a knife in it rather than anything else, you know. Thank so that, you. that's the one very, you know, good thing I like Thanks, about Adam. you. It's not about the money or the gigs. I it's know the, the support means more to me than than anything else. Thank you. Yeah, you're so sweet. Thanks so, a million. Yeah. And I'm very honoured you've asked me to be invited to chat to you on on your podcast. I'm delighted. Well, so I've enjoyed you. it. It's been good crack. Now, thank if you. only I could be a foot taller, um, I'd be making I a told few. You quid. Have the heels at the back door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, are you going to teach me how to walk I'll like teach a cat? How to now. walk exactly. <laughs> well, now there's a cat looking in the front window, and there's a husband. <laughs> there's a husband looking in the back window. <laughs> so we we better finish up, Mandy Maher or Mandy Marr. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Before we go, how can people follow your pages? So you can follow our pages on the platform by MM on at uh, Catwalk Model Agency or my own personal page at Mandy Catwalk. Mandy, thank you very much. Thanks, Alan. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch for viewing of our show homes, a brochure, or for more information. Let BRB Homes take the stress out of your build. Check out brbhomes.ie